Hi, I'm Michael Stittle. And I'm Nick Nanos. Hey, Nick, uh, we're back after our uh, Labor Day weekend break. Uh, what, what did you get up to? Well, one of my cousins, as you know, I'm Greek. One of my cousins, we had a Greek-Armenian wedding, and I'd like to say that it was uh, fantastic. Everybody was so happy. And uh, there's a lot of, uh, lot of similarities between the Greek and Armenian cultures. They have a lot of a shared history. So it was, it was just lots of fun. It was a nice break from the pandemic and a little mini break from the election. Although I must say that after, at, at the end of the wedding, I had to go back and start working on the campaign to see the numbers. Oh, yeah. Yes. So you got, you got a, I'm glad that you got a bit of a break there. I mean, that, that, sounds, that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and we have had a, a wild weekend. So uh, when we last, last left off on Friday, we were talking about how the Labor Day weekend is when families get together to you know, really take a look at the election campaign so far. Uh, the momentum was really behind the conservatives. So, uh, so, so what happened? Well, you know, Michael, when we, when we last did our podcast, the conservatives were up a full five percentage points, which was outside of the margin of error. They had had a number of good days. And then we had the TV odd debate mm -hmm. um, on uh, late last week. And what we saw coming out of the TV odd debate were three days where the conservatives started to cycle down, especially in the province of Quebec. And we also know that that's coincidental with, uh, why don't we just call it the controversy related to assault, the ban on assault uh, rifles mm -hmm. and uh, the conservatives needing to, uh, or what do we say, voluntarily adjusting, amending, put a little asterisk on their platform to align with where Aaron O'Toole stood. So it's one of those things where I bet your bottom dollar that for the conservative strategists, they have their internal tracking. They see our internal tracking and other polling firms, and they realize that their numbers are starting to trend down coincidentally with this issue coming up. So they probably wanted to put a spike into that as soon as possible by doing a little uh, modification to their platform. Doesn't happen very often. No, they, I mean, they literally put an asterisk, uh, you know, under uh, gun control, under uh, appealing uh, the liberal ban on assault rifles, I, I, I believe. And Nick, where are we uh, in terms of the nightly tracking? The latest nightly tracking has the Conservatives at 32.6, the Liberals at 31.6, so a statistical tie, factoring the margin of error between the Conservatives and the Liberals, NDP 21.1, Bloc 5.0, Green Party 4.4, and the People's Party at 4.3 nationally. Uh, 4.3, so that, I mean, we're on the, uh, on the eve of the official French language debate, where we'll see... Green Party leader Annemi Paul uh, joined them for the first time. Uh, 4% was the cutoff to get onto the debate. So interesting that, that if it had been a bit earlier, Bernier would have been on the stage tonight. Yeah, I guess, is that going to be kind of like the Star Trek Mirror Mirror episode? Like the, <laughs> the alternative universe where Bernier is in the debate? Yeah, and, uh, he's got a goatee, who, I guess. Yeah. Who knows uh, what he's going to say? And I'd like to say when I use that analogy, that's no judgment on any federal political leader, but just the alternative universe. But, hmm. you know, I think that a number of the other pollsters currently have the People's Party at over 4%. But the fact of the matter is, is the way the Debates Commission set their rules, it's not the support today that counts for them. It's the support uh, a few weeks back. And uh, But this will be fodder for Bernier and for People's Party supporters. They'll talk about how probably they're being unfairly treated and how mm -hmm. they should have been in the debate. And the fact of the matter is, based on what's happening right now with this dead heat, with the protests and the dead heat between uh, the conservatives and the liberals, 
Bernier in the debate would have could have been a, a significant factor shaping the outcome of the election. Hmm. Now we'll, we'll get more into the uh, the two debates uh, this week uh, la- later in this episode, but but I also want to touch on um, what happened to Liberal leader Justin Trudeau this weekend. He he was in a campaign stop in London, Ontario, and some protesters uh, threw gravel at him. Um, it was you know a, a pretty shocking incident. We we don't really see in Canadian politics. Uh, uh, has that had any any impact? Do you think these protesters on the Liberal campaign? Well, I think it's had uh, I think it's had an impact on the Liberal campaign and the Liberal messaging for sure. You know, these these folks are basically on a mission to to defeat Justin Trudeau and to disrupt his campaign. And at least on in terms of disrupting the campaign, they're doing a pretty good job because he's talking about them. Actually, the other party leaders are talking about the protesters too. So they basically uh, they're punching above their weight. Hmm. Um, and you know it cuts both ways. Uh, for Trudeau, it gives him a platform to to point at what I'll call uh, for many Canadians completely unacceptable behavior. I think Canadians are good with protests, but as soon as it becomes anything that's close to violence, that's where the line is drawn for many Canadians. So I don't think Canadians had any problem with those individuals coming out and protesting any any political party leader, including Justin Trudeau. But as soon as you start throwing gravel or whatever. You cross that line, um, but it's been a distraction for Trudeau. He's not been able to get his message out, and uh, these folks are punching above their weight. These people that are, what I'll say, vaccine hesitant or not vaccine supportive, and want to have uh, want to have their freedom of choice. Hmm. Uh, now, how does uh, how how is Liberal leader Justin Trudeau and the preferred PM numbers and, and the other federal party leaders? Well, he's still uh, Trudeau still has an, a, a numeric advantage. We have him at twenty nine point nine uh, among Canadians who would prefer him as prime minister, followed by Aaron O'Toole closely on his heels at twenty six point three, Singh at twenty one point one, Bernier four point eight, uh, Blanchette two point nine. Enemy Paul, the Green Party leader, at 1.9, and about 13% are undecided as to who they would prefer as prime minister. So uh, you mentioned uh, earlier in this episode, Nick, that the Teviao debate, I, I, you know, managed to move the needle a bit in, in terms of uh, support numbers. Tonight, we have the official French language debate where Enemy Paul uh, mm-hmm. joins the, the federal party leaders. Let, let's just talk a little bit about what, what the leaders have to do to, to, to shift momentum uh, in their own favor on, on this campaign. Uh, why, why don't we start with uh, Trudeau? So for Justin Trudeau, the, you know, good thing about this particular debate, he doesn't have to worry about being interrupted by the uh, by the folks that have been protesting. So he gets to get his message out. I would expect that he's probably going to clearly have his sights set on uh, Aaron, Aaron O'Toole because Aaron O'Toole's brand has improved over the course of the campaign. So he'll be attacking Aaron O'Toole. I would expect that he'll talk about uh, about the ban on assault weapons and how the conservatives have been clarifying their position on that probably questioning whether there's anything else that he'd like to clarify his position on, because my view is that you could probably do that once. You can't do that more than once in a campaign because then that's potentially a pattern of behavior. So expect uh, Trudeau to focus on O'Toole and also to focus on uh, Blanchette, the leader of the Bloc Québécois, uh, because in Quebec, which is a critical battleground for the Liberals, uh, it's between the, uh, the Liberals and the Bloc. And I would expect him to be nice towards uh, Jagmeet Singh uh, because, you know, those NDP supporters, he's going to need Trudeau. If he wants to have a chance to win any type of majority government or strong government, he's going to need some new Democrats to swing into the red column. So I don't think he's going to be attacking uh, Jagmeet Singh. 
uh, he'll probably be reasonably positive and cordial, but just point out some differences and to say, you know what, we need to be, uh, you know, people need to be united uh, if they want to uh, defeat the conservatives. I, let's let's go to NDP leader uh, uh, Jagmeet Singh next. Actually, uh, he, his party has been sticking around or hovering around maybe roughly twenty percent. Would you say? Uh, how how would he uh, sort of get some momentum on his side in this debate? Well, I think I think for Singh, he's got his his primary targets are both uh, O'Toole and Trudeau. O'Toole from an ideological perspective. So I think for Singh, he's going to target o, O'Toole to compare and contrast Singh's vision for Canada compared to O'Toole's vision for Canada. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, and he's already kind of laid the groundwork for this, at the same time, I expect him to take on uh, Justin Trudeau and the Liberals as uh, not moving fast enough, not delivering on their promises, not, uh, not moving forward in a progressive sense as fast as Jagmeet Singh and the New Democrats would like. Hmm. And uh, Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole, how does he keep, uh, keep momentum on his side? Well, for Aaron O'Toole, he's got to look prime ministerial, like a, a government in waiting, lead the leader of a, of a party that is a government in waiting. Um, he has to have a, a steady performance, and I think that's quite possible. His performance has been excellent throughout the course of the campaign in general. He's exceeded expectations. Uh, I think he'll have to be prepared for the attack on the ban on assault rifles. And, uh, you know, the, the good news for O'Toole is that he's already personally staked out a position. So he'll just have to kind of manage what I'll say the uh, the issue related to his platform, um, and then I expect I, I expect O'Toole to uh, to go after Trudeau and also to go after Blanchet. Um, you know, I think for for O'Toole, a lot of his pickup has been a you know, especially considering the Liberals were in double digits in July, a lot of the O'Toole pickup has actually been from disaffected Liberals. Mm. So. He's going to, I would expect him to go after Trudeau in the hope of getting more blue liberals uh, to swing over into the, uh, into the true blue column. And then I would expect him also to go after Blanchette um, because, uh, you know, there's a, there's crossover between some of those Bloc Québécois supporters and conservative supporters in Quebec. Uh, Quebec, uh, obviously a massive battleground uh, for all the parties. We've seen a lot of campaigning there. Uh, this is a huge debate for Yves-Francois Blanchette, uh, the Bloc leader. Uh, how does he, uh, you know, keep support or increase support in this in this debate? Well, I think for Blanchet, his first target is going to be Trudeau because Quebec remains a race between the Liberals and the Bloc Québécois, and then his second target is probably going to be O'Toole, because you know right now uh, Bernier is not a big factor in Quebec, Enemy Paulette and the Greens are not a big factor. Jagmeet Singh today at least is not a factor in Quebec. He'd need to have a really good showing in the debate, in the, especially the French debate, to kind of mobilize things. But currently, he's not a big factor. So I would expect Blanchet to firmly focus on uh, Trudeau to try to get some of those liberal bloc switchers, because there is such a thing as liberal bloc switchers in Quebec, mm. uh, to, to park back into the bloc column. And then to uh, focus on O'Toole, because in some of those fringes of where the cluster of conservative ridings are, our block writings and uh, to try to kind of nibble away at, at the, what I'll say, the conservative base, geographic base in the province of Quebec. Uh, finally, Nick, uh, we've got Green Party leader Enemy Paul, her first uh, appearance in the, in the debates. Um, is, is she in a presence in Quebec and, and what does she have to do to, 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 get, uh, to get more uh, notice? Well, not a big presence in Quebec, but, I'll put a big butt on, on this is that uh, 
it's because she's the leader of the Green Party and because the environment is so important to Quebec voters, I think especially tonight in, in, the, uh, in the French debate, Quebecers will be interested in hearing from Enemy Paul mm-hmm. and her position on the environment. And, and Enemy Paul uh, has an interesting position on the debate because she'll be, uh, she'll be new in the, in the same way that O'Toole will be the new person uh, in the debate, uh, but that she will, because of, the, because of the chair that she sits in as the leader of the Green Party of Canada, that she has credibility on environmental issues. Mm. So watch for who she might uh, critique or even attack uh, in terms of their environmental policy because she will have credibility and she is uh, very well spoken on the issue. Now, you said many times, Nick, on this show, the environment is always near the top of the list for, for issues of concern to Canadians. Um, the economy also, uh, you know, bounces up and down. It gets, and and. I know you've been keeping a careful eye on consumer confidence and uh, economic recovery, affordability. That is one of the topics uh, in both the French language debate and the English language debate. Um, what, what can we expect from the leaders on that and, and how are the consumer confidence numbers now? Well, you know, we track for Bloomberg News consumer confidence every week and in uh, numbers that were just released earlier this week. You can see when you look at the trend line that consumer confidence is on the decline. And actually, when we ask Canadians whether they think the economy is going to get stronger or weaker in the next six months, a significant proportion have, uh, have uh, said that, uh, you know, it's going to go down about it's down about eight percentage points or thereabouts when it comes to uh, the strength, the future strength. So not positive news on that front. And remember, Michael, we talked about the GDP coming out and it's shrinking, uh, according to uh, StatsCan last week. So I expect the economy um, to be near the top of the list. I also expect the, uh, the pandemic and vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Uh, expect a b- bit of chatter on, uh, on banning of assault rifles. The environment will also be uh, critical because we know Canadians are concerned about that. And perhaps we'll also see a little bit of a, I don't even know if skirmish is the right word, but there will be an interchange or some exchange related to the protests. I can't see us having a debate or Canadians having a debate without someone saying something about the protests that and the protesters uh, that have been dogging Justin Trudeau and the Liberals. Well, uh, Nick, it's going to be an interesting couple nights. Uh, once again, if, if you want to know, you know more about how to watch the official debates uh, Wednesday night and Thursday night, you can check it out at ctvnews.ca. Uh, Nick, uh, thanks as always. And, and where can we find you? Find me on Twitter at Nick, N-I-K, Nanos, or you can go to www.nanos.co. And I'm also on Twitter at Michael Siddle. Uh, Nick and everybody watching, thank you. 